Well, welcome back to another week at Drone DJ. You know what? Let me just say that again. <laughs> welcome back to another week at Drone DJ. We've got uh, uh, some more DJ leak for you this week. Also going to touch base on the FAA's remote ID, um, especially for those of you in states. We've also got an interesting drone mailbox, uh, plus a video showing how it's going to work. And then we also have some live streaming update for drone sense that's going to support your DJI Matrix 30 and uh, Matrix 30T. Um, at the end, for those of you who are going to Burning Man, there is a potential <laughs> drone show plan. So nope. back to our DJI leak first. Um, let me share the screen. We got our first photos of the this actual the thing. Right. I don't know why I'm singing, but yeah, I was super excited when I saw these. They came out like at like 10 o'clock at night. Over it from from both Deals Drone and Asa LV, um, you know, two notorious leakers, and so yeah, you can definitely see how like you know it's super small now. Like they're so yeah. they're much smaller than the uh, the FPV uh, goggles are. They have the two antennas on the top, and then they're like the Almost same color. Like they take a lot of design size, cues, you know. Yeah, like they take a lot of design cues from the from the FPV ones, but uh, they're they're very much uh you know meant to be smaller. They're like you know you can see. I think the biggest thing is the uh. You know the cooling vents on the bottom. You know to keep them cool. So it'd be interesting to see to try these things out. Whenever you know, see how they feel because um, it's not like you know the other ones like went down to your nose almost. So, and I feel like if I wear them long enough, my neck hurts because it's mm -hmm. so front heavy. Right. Yeah, they, they do look. They do. They do look like very like heavy. So these like hopefully are going to be like you can wear them for much longer. They kind of remind me of, like they're not. They're like more like a mainstream version of like what you'd see on like the. You know the drone racing league or like more like homemade um fpv or city whoop and fpv stuff um so much more hopefully comfortable um although you're definitely i think yeah, you're definitely not gonna be wearing glasses with these these are gonna be like real damaging i don't know if you can wear with the other ones they look, look like they get like we're a little bit bigger so maybe you can maybe fit a pair of glasses yeah, in there. I, mean, I i like i could wear my glasses with uh, my vr set but i don't like i, I don't like how mm. it feels i always have the, to put you wouldn't be able to fit your glasses underneath these like no these, not at all so no, no way I would. Yeah. Hopefully you like stick contacts. your finger in your eye and put in contacts in, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, I mean, I, I do like the size. I have to say, I do like the compact size. I'm looking. Yeah, I like. Either they're much smaller. I feel like they're gonna be. It's gonna be easy to fit inside. I mean, it'll go along with the the smaller Cine Whoop style drone that they're supposed to be coming out with the DJI Avada, um, whenever that happens. So hopefully uh, next ho one. Hopefully soon, and. Uh, so uh, you could probably fit them like on a smaller bag. Like, they're about the size of a water, um, water bottle. One of the uh, image comparing them. Um, didn't I didn't put it in this article, sadly. Sorry, but uh, you can see a photo of them in, like in a hand. Like they're they're tiny. Like they're they're gonna be very easy to put into a backpack or a small bag. I'm just looking forward to that comfort level, right? If it's more mm -hmm. compact, um, it's not gonna be that front heavy tilting down right mm -hmm. and also if you're flying this in you know obviously warmer weather um the cooling i'm sure is good for the goggles but also i'm hoping that this isn't too big sitting on the face when you know you're flying in like 40 Celsius out there <laughs> oh yeah hopefully these are going to be hopefully uh, also they'll be compatible with the fpv um i mean it doesn't make sense why they wouldn't like Maybe they're using a different transmission system, but I doubt that they are. Um, between the FPV, and I guess it depends on your Canada. receiver. Like if you fly your regular yeah. um, FPV drone or transmitter, right? I guess it depends mm -hmm. on what you can, put. you can use DJI's 
FPV stuff, like the yep. one they have stuff they have now with all their drones. It doesn't yeah. have to be with DJS. So and hopefully this will also will be like open to everyone and open to the, the previous FPV drone because I think some people might prefer these over the other ones. So certainly. Maybe a little sideway, but I remember seeing um the projection like glasses from Epson several years ago. Uh, they were trying that for the drone market. So you're wearing them like regular glasses like this, right? Mm -hmm. But your video feed is like being projected onto your lens. So you yeah. can through at the same time. It, the user experience wasn't that great back then. Um, but I also never saw, you know, product improvement. So I wonder if just technology wasn't there or just wasn't enough user interest. Yeah, I forgot. Um, I, can't for I need to maybe... See if I can find the buy his business card and, and reach out to the guy. But there was a company we found at CES that had like a, um, like AR glasses that were also compatible with DJI, some DJI drones, right? That you could get the display up on the glasses. And I'm like, I need to try these out. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the I don't have the budget. Maybe they'll send me one. But like you know, <laughs> like you know, like like, like fifteen thousand dollar glasses or something. But like, uh, I don't know. That'd be cool to see. Yeah, I guess. Well, the question is, say if beyond virtual line of sight was mm -hmm. entirely possible, right? Do you prefer sitting in a nice AC or heated room <laughs> with a big monitor display of your video feed and all the information on there or, you know, wearing glasses or, you know, goggles or anything and standing outside? Yeah, I guess it depends on your personal preference. I bet some people would rather have the TV. Some people would rather have the goggles because they're probably it fills their vision, so it might be easier. But then I guess if you're if you're doing inspections, you might want to see all the cameras, you know, all the camera views instead of just like the FPV camera. Well, then the it's front. just like your security can monitor. You'd have yeah. multiple, you know, camera display on there. Yeah, you'd be able to see like way more. Yeah, but I remember like you know talk you know I've talked to some FPV people. Like, they really like the immersiveness of like the goggles like i don't think they could fly do those crazy um things without um you know without having those goggles on right yeah that's that's true too uh mm -hmm. speaking of beyond visual line of sight we have the news about faa's remote id um in the past couple of years i mean we've seen many heated debates from especially the u.s um community you know it's it's mostly commercial versus recreational the hobby yeah. guys right are they supporting and are we supporting the remote id versus are we against it because of privacy rules um so if you ask me i think if we're going to move down the road as beyond visual line of sight we need something like remote id we need a better way to identify different drones in the airspace but that's the same mm -hmm. for general aviation I also yeah. want to know when a small Cessna, you know, is flying in the air, like they're posing bigger threats to drones. So that yeah, I, has to go both ways. Yeah, because I remember I made, the, I made the comparison between remote ID with ADSB out. I remember I looked back into it and ADSB out is required, but only like in certain areas. And I think it's like above 10,000 feet. Control ADC, you know, A, B, and C, class E. And then like you're in class E though, when you're above 10,000 feet. But the rule there's is- a whole, There's a whole bunch out. of like separation. So you can still fly around without 80s be out. But, but the rule it. is coming out for general aviation. Yeah, hopefully. Um, for, for transponder, basically. For all for, airplanes to carry transponder, like all places. The majority of that already happens. I think you already got to have some sort of transponder because you can But you always track. worry about the ones that don't. You always worry about- the ones, Because the, the aviation, the general aviation is so big and like the FAA is so limited on what they can investigate and what they can enforce. I mean, there's a lot of pilots that get away with a lot of stuff um, that 
isn't legal, but there's no one really there to enforce the rules. Um, and I, there's probably going to be the same thing with drones. It's going to be just like a there's going to be there's so many drone pods, and FAA is not going to enforce. Well, I think one have. of the key debates was remote ID. Were these actually being displayed as? Evil? That's another thing. I, it makes sense. I think like there's there's concerns. I think like both sides are pretty much right on this. That the commercial side, like yeah, we need this for the advance the drone technology and moving the BVLS and drone deliveries and all that other stuff. And then like, the, other, the recreational side is like, okay, but who's this being shared with? It's going to be like FlightAware, where like and, I can see every drone shared? everywhere. Yeah, like I don't want to. I don't want to be flying a drone and like everyone knows where I am. I mean, yeah, if the police knows where I am, but like if it's just the police, I think you know it's probably fair. Um, just in case you know they need to get a hold of someone, you know, they need to find that drone, the, the drone pilot, because they're flying into somewhere they're not supposed to be, or they think they're going to be a threat. You know, they need to you know make sure that yeah, like that's probably you know a valid concern. But just me being able to see everyone else or everyone else being able to see me is like a little concerning. So what it comes down to, if you look at either general aviation or mm. your vehicle license plate, what you're seeing or what is being publicly displayed is, you know, the a registration number, mm-hmm. right? So if you get any of the apps on your phone to check the airspace activity, you can see, let's say if a plane has transponder, I can get my flight radar on my phone and just hold it against the plane. It's going to tell me the plane's registration number. It's going to tell me the altitude, heading, whatever it is in, is in flight planning that plane has filed, mm-hmm. right? But I'm not going to go see the pilot's personal information, you know, yeah. their name, their phone number, you know, everything out there. So I think that's, that's, the, that's the part for remote ID that's not very clear right now is what is the manufacturer sharing to FAA? And then yeah. what is the FAA sharing to the other agencies, like your local law enforcement agencies, right? That's the question. If what, they're just displaying yeah. my registration number, then honestly, I don't care. I think that's good because mm-hmm. anyone who has that information, has concerns, has to go to FAA with that reference number. And then, you know, FAA is the middleman that keeps that, you know, detailed personal information private. Um, and so I was that's talking with, I need clarification. You know, and I was reading something on a, it was an old article back in like 2010 when um the the block list for i don't know if you if everyone knows about general aviation there's a block list of like you can track almost every flight you know we use like flight aware or, or flight yeah. tracker or whatever but there's a block list where you can you can pay in or, or submit a reason why you shouldn't be on there so there's a lot of politicians there's a lot of businesses who want to hide their where their ceos are going for both security and business reasons or whatever um, but like that list got leaked. And so um, they're talking about like why, like their, their argument is that, you know, generative aviation, they use airports that are funded by taxpayers. And so they need to be, you know, they're using the public commons. So should be tracked. And then I'm thinking like for drones, I guess we use city parks, county parks, well, state airspace. parks. Yeah. We use the airspace, but we're not. Airspace is a common good. In the airspace is common. You know, we're not really using the like airports to take off from. Um, you know, the, the airspace itself isn't like paid for by people. But then I guess well, you're like, paying for your taxpayers' money does go to FAA. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go to the FAA, it goes to FAA airspace, whatever. But uh, you know, I mean, like it's it's like, huh, okay, like maybe everyone should be public, but I'm like, yeah, maybe it's like you can go back and forth with like, yeah, everything should. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this should be fixed. Like, oh, but everyone... it's a it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen actual details i mean again like i said if you ask me i think remote id or some kind of um you know detecting 
the drawing yeah. airspace where it is, right? I don't honestly, I don't care that much for who is flying it. But if I'm flying in a common airspace, I want to know: are there any other drones in that same space? Mm -hmm. um, That's very useful. Where yeah. they're going to? I want to make sure I'm not crashing into them, right? Especially if BB loss starts happening more and more often. Yeah. Um, and I'm just looking at my screen versus looking at like what's actually in the air, then I need to know how to do my detect and avoidance in the air. Would be nice. Like even if you're doing a job out there, I've done a few jobs out there already with more than one drone in the air. So being able to like, just be able to like, easily see like, you know, oh, this guy's, you know, because we're communicating, but we're not like always communicating. You know, like sometimes you just go like, you just you move to the left and move to the right a little bit just because, you know, you want to. But sometimes we're using, we were trying to get the same, now, one of them, we were trying to get the same shot with two different drones and also like i'm going up and all of a sudden like i go up I'm like oh there's his blades okay <laughs> like because i didn't know he moved over to the left a little bit because we were like side by side he moved over and i'm you know we almost had an issue but we did it so but like that'd be nice to know for you know future reference you can see like okay so he's like 15 feet above me so like don't go up and i wonder if that's something you know dji had that uh air sense they they, mm -hmm. they had that uh, button on the controller right so if mm -hmm. you turn it on you can see the other dji users in uh, like a vicinity well, that's not on every drone. That's on like the it's what, not, Air it's 2 not on every drone. Um, but I wonder if there's any way, you know, in that same ecosystem that DJI can build something if everyone from DJI users turn it on. Like mm -hmm. it would actually detect the input think, from the other yeah. drone to make sure you don't crash into it. I think a lot of like serious drone pods will probably keep that on just as like a because I bet they're like, well, I would let them know this. So like I'll turn it on for people to know this. Like I would go out there to a park and turn it on because. If I'm flying out there, you know, I would like to know where other people are flying. So I'll I'll let people know where I'm flying. But you don't get to see like it'd be nice if you can do you just do that, but they don't see where you are. You yeah, know, they just see where the drone is. So hopefully that'll be what drone remote idea looks into. Like, oh, you can see where all the drones are, you just don't know where the pods are. There are still a lot of uncertainties. Um, I've had um a company who was interested in counter drone, right? Uh, especially as a service to protect um important infrastructure. So they purchased two testing units from different manufacturers and they look like your big you know satellite dish mm -hmm. right so supposedly you take them to any site they would scan the airspace and tell you what drones what type and mm -hmm. who's in the air so they tested it on our site where we had multiple drones in the air um at the same time it wasn't successful hmm. you know they would miss certain models of drones because they had two different kinds and each would miss different kinds of drones in the air yeah. Um, and then it would missing critical information such as what's the altitude. So it can give you one of them can give you GPS, can give you the horizontal positioning. But I need to know the vertical. I need to know altitude, right? And then another question is, is the altitude adjusted for above sea level or is the altitude adjusted for above ground level? Then if you have elevation change, whose ground level is it adjusting to, Right. Yeah, and also I think we talked about um, like what happens when we have uh, like air, uh, Artel and DJI in the air. Like, um, how is that going to work between the two? Is it going to be built into the DJI app, or can DJI see Artel? Yeah, hopefully, and hopefully, hopefully the FAA. I mean, FAA has experience doing that with like different brands of planes. You just kind of like got to standardize things, um, and being able to like. I think trying to get a drone company to standardize might be a little hard at first, but hopefully they'll all come together and be like, yeah, maybe we should standardize um, this kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, they have experience trying to figure that one out. So I, I'm not too concerned by that, but like, 
totally probably in the, in the early days, it might be a little um, rough to get Autel to play nice with DGI, to play nice with Skydio, to play nice with you know all the other companies out there. And then the challenge is if there's another app you have to use, right, to monitor you know all the drones around your airspace. Um, are you using, let's say, your DJI controller? Then you have to have something else on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the RC, you space. can't put third-party apps on it. So, you know, how are you going to see everything else? Or is it going to be built into the app? Hopefully, it just, it's something like the FAA just requires to be built into the software that you used to fly with. So um, they already do have the map feature on DJI. I know um, both DJI and Autel have it. Um, I haven't, I, I still haven't flown much with the Skydio, so, but... They just you can just pull up a map, um, but then timing is also an issue, because if you look at any third party apps development, um, it's only what one year after Mini Two was released, we can finally use Lichi with mm-hmm. Mini Two as a third party app. Um, for both Mavic Three and Mini Three, just the software uh, SDK package isn't even open. Yeah. So and when and you don't have the SDK packages for like the new drones. Yeah, and knowing DJI is usually, I mean, DJI is already faster than the other manufacturers, but still knowing DJI, any yeah. new drone release, the app only gets finalized, you know, what, six months after the hardware is actually released. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always a catching up period. So timing is always an interesting element. Yeah, it, with... um. With other apps, with other, like Apple, when they've had requirements put into their apps, like they usually give them like a year or something like that to, to implement the changes. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I don't think like there's to be a drone, like to sell a drone, like I have an app with a drone, like for, I don't think there's like a certification you need. Like DJ, I don't think DJ has to like submit their app to the FAA for approval. Um, so that might have to be a change where they have to now be approved by the by the faa like oh yeah all the safety features that we require are now in this are in yeah, the software when you look at the actual airplane your instrumentation yeah. like your instrument it has to basically meet the everything has certification everything in a general airplane like down to like the buttons down to the like everything has to be certified to be safe to fly and right now like we have that on the on the aircraft for the most part but like you know uh, not not for the controllers or the the software at least for the most part well, I, I do see that comment. You know, I agree. I think when remote ID does roll out, it should just be, especially to the public, even to yeah. law enforcement, right? I think it should be the drone only, not not just the operator's location, but also not personal information about the operator. Because basically, if you look at them, uh, for example, DJI update in the past month, is now I have to log into my own DJI account Mm-hmm. on my controller to bind that controller with the drone. So when I switched my smart controller with um, the N1 controller on, let's say, my Air 2S, I, ha- I actually had to log into my own personal DJI account when they made the update. Because mm-hmm. it used to be just controller and a drone binding, right? But no, right now it's your DJI account controller and a drone binding. And now I'm worried what personal information I'm putting in my DJI account. Would that you know information be available to FA or local law enforcement or anyone through the remote ID? Yeah, there's a lot of good that can come out of remote ID, but if it's not implemented correctly, it can be a very more you know damaging effect to to the drone industry. I think. I hope they start small. I hope they start with very limited information. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then as they figure things out, start adding other levels of information. Yeah. And then plus, keep in mind, like your DJI account or your Altel account, I'm pretty sure none of that is actually synced with the FAA, you know, pilot user database. Mm. So there's nothing stopping me from using, you know, like a dummy. Yeah, <laughs> a use dummy your, F- your, your yeah, FAA. It's my FAA account. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could have the drone registered, let's say, under my company name, and I could mm-hmm. have a 10-person pilot team. Who knows which one is flying that, that day, right? Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, you share your accounts, share your drones with everyone. Like, they're not going to know exactly who it is. They're just going to know the company, which which is, you know, with planes, you can you can look into, like, find out, like, what companies, if it's owned by a company, owned by an individual, um, and stuff like that. You can, you can there's a pretty pretty smart people who, who have been tracking stuff i mean but it takes looking it's not like yeah. readily displayed I mean, let's say on your flight radar right even i mean even the fa even like the aviation stuff isn't perfect because uh um like elon musk for for example he has been this huge battle between him and, and this twitter account who tweets out where he's going all the time and they've they've changed their identifications they've like tried to hide it from from flight aware they've tried to like you know hide all the stuff but like you can still find it like it's not it's not like impossible to figure this stuff out still um, who we you know what planes owned by who and where they're going, even if they aren't even being publicly you know tracked. So, yeah, there's a lot. This is going to be a it's going to be a big change for the industry. So, definitely. Um, well, there was one more comment. You know what? I'll just say I I just wish business can stay clear of politics, um, but we don't know. We'll never know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the reasons when you look at um, the previous DJI. Um, U.S. Um, lawyer, basically their legal VP left. His comment was, you know, he wished the industry can stay clear of politics and just technologies can stay technologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, just unfortunately, that's not the case. So we shall see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on, we've got an interesting looking <laughs> drone mailbox. Let me pull up the actual video from the, the uh, this is, this it's, it's, looks. This one's interesting. Uh, so, drone drone deck is looking at um, you know building out these these boxes that can work with not just the U.S. mail, which is what they're testing out now, but as well as DoorDash, Uber Eats, um, and, and other like delivery services to where you know it's kind of like you don't have to worry about. I guess it, it kind of goes to this one spot. You pick up your food, whatnot. It goes. Uh, what works and how it works inside those boxes? I think a a question to all of us um, of how it works. I can totally see U.S. mail just like. A, a male person still has to come and like put all the mail in the drone and then it just goes like just because i have no faith in the u.s postal service at all um but uh you know it, and if you look at this looks like they're using you know some kind of cable system yeah so like if you down, ask which me, is the, the box looks fairly small so how much wind would actually push that and, cable if this is handling like three or four different like companies like if you're if you have your your mail bot your mail sec you know your mail container and then you have your food container like for uber eats and then one for doordash and one for whatever um how does that like determine the difference because like if you look i mean this is kind of a, a more a fairly simple simplification of what what they're trying to do here um for like if it's just one thing that's easy but if like mm-hmm. if you look at the image there's like a male receptacle on the front so and then someone's so opening people, up the back and yeah, taking food out now in there yeah so like how does the drone determine the difference between the bag of food and the you know container holding all the mail so um we don't know who's doing the sorting 
I think they need that. They need another. Yeah, that's what they need. They need another robotic drone on the ground <laughs> to distorting. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh my god. There. I mean, this is super cool. Like, it's a cool idea. Like having these kind of like central areas to, to do things. Like Amazon did it with their with their mailboxes, and so it be delivered to you. You go to a central area. Um, you know, having something like that where instead of maybe this might be a solution to the last like was it what's the term not last mile but the last foot now or whatever is what they're talking about with the drone delivery we're like trying to figure out how to land at a house um instead of landing in a tree um this could be a solution to that where instead of you know you going to you know having the drone land to your house the drone lands at a mailbox you know like down the, like a block from you so you just walk down a block and pick it up and come back um sucks for people who really don't want to leave their houses but you know it it is what it is well, it's certainly interesting to say the least. I guess we'll see more coming up. And yeah. is it serving, let's say, one box, you know, per house, or is it like your community mailbox where you have, I, you know, where they put it, a group of yeah. them, right? I don't know if you have this up in Canada, but like here in the states, it depends on like the neighborhood you live in. Like my neighborhood doesn't have them because each house has their own mailbox. But like if I just go like a couple blocks over to a different city, uh, they have like community uh, mailbox. They have like a, a big. It's a it's blue. Yeah. If you're living in essays, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The blue U.S. postal mailbox. Um, that's like every couple blocks. Um, that's where you put your sent mail in, and the mail you receive goes to your house. But um, no, there could be something like that where every, these are like every couple blocks, so you kind of like can use it. But I think you would need right. like two or three of them instead of just one, especially if it's like food. Um, I mean, we like, have them for newer developments. Like if it's a new subdivision development, uh, mm -hmm. they no longer do the door-to-door -door mail delivery. It's mm -hmm. like in states, it's a couple of blocks. You have a centralized, you know, big community um, mailboxes, but they're individual, right? Mm -hmm. Like your yeah. unit or your house would have like a little box in there for yours. Yeah, um, like every apartment complex down here kind of has that. So yeah, um, you like still that. need some kind of ground solution if you ask me. Like yeah. the aerial isn't isn't you know the only solution. You still need other pieces to fit in. Yeah, we're, I feel like we're just getting like ancient, like okay, we get the drone to the house, but we can't get on the on the on the lawn. But now we get the drone to a box. Now we have to find where they get the box to the to the house. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and we gotta get the then we gotta get the box up the driveway. And then we gotta get the box up the steps. And then we have to get it to the door. And then. <laughs> Yeah, it's and be, you know, also, it's be like a problem like every couple people, feet. people are talking about um being like environmental. I I'm all in for environmental, right? Mm -hmm. But no one talks about how much like environmental damage it is to have the manufacturers producing the lithium polymer batteries. Yeah, the the, the batteries don't just come out of nowhere. Like it's not just plug into charge and that's it, they right? There's still the production and then the disposal of those batteries afterwards like what about mm -hmm. environmental impacts of those yeah the battery production company i mean the, the there's been a lot of uh improvements over the last couple of years um although not not a lot of companies are really public about how they're changing the batteries tesla is very public but that's only going to be in tesla cars so that's not really not really a plus for the entire industry they're not going to sell their batteries to other people but um you know, and it, the mining of the initial lithium to begin with, right? Yeah, I think there. I think one thing like a lot of companies trying to limit the amount of lithium they put in there, or um, there's a, there's a nickel, or there's another like rarer element, not nickel, but there's another like rare element that has to come into it that they're trying to reduce the amount of how much they put into it. Um, so, 
Uh, well, the other two short pieces of news is DroneSense is not enabling the live video stream, uh, especially the Matrix 30 and Matrix 30T are targeted for your first mm -hmm. responder community, right? So live stream is definitely key because they can send the video feed to your command center or to someone, you know, back at the central and it's better for decision making or resource allocation um so if that's something you're interested in please look into drone sense and then the last news fun one burning, burning man. man are you going <laughs> <laughs> i think i might have to go now i've never gone to burning man but hey drone show in a steel cage i'm i'm game <laughs> well first of all this is still being funded it's still a question yeah. mark um, so if you are interested in going to burning man maybe take a look see if you want to support it but along that story um I think it's also this year we're seeing more companies getting involved with uh, drone show. A um, couple of weeks more... ago, I believe uh, Elon Musk's brother, right? Uh, what was his name? Kim. Kim. Kimberly? Kim? So he bought a, a drone show company. Uh, essentially, he's looking to pair that up with his uh, whole hospitality type of business. So we are seeing yeah. more possibilities with drone shows. They're becoming very much more popular um, nowadays, which is which are cool. I love seeing them. They're super awesome to see. Uh, and, and, and definitely, this is definitely this one, more environmental than fireworks. <laughs> it's much more environmental than fireworks. It's much more, uh, you know, a dog and you know, other, uh, people who are sensitive to to those loud noises, friendly to those type of things. This one looks really interesting because it's not like it's not just a drone show, like it's an immersive drone show that, like, I guess the drones fly around you as you're like in this steel cage. <laughs> I don't know exactly how that works. Also, I don't know the All right, scale. It feels like one of those safari parks where you have to sit in <laughs> you have to and go the animals the... are looking at you. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know the scale of these boxes. Um, they're like, because there's like three different sizes. And I'm like, what's the, is that my, am I sitting in the small one? Is that the size of it? Or am I still standing there? Uh, that would be really know. weird if I'm just like sitting in a small little cage. Uh, well, okay, just food for thought, talking about if it's an immersive drone show, you know what I want to see is responsive. Like if I'm standing there waving or doing, you know, different gestures <laughs> and the drones would respond to it somehow, that's what I want to see as Give immersive. Give it time. Give it time. I'm sure someone <laughs> will do that eventually. So, but yeah, hopefully, I mean, yeah, that's still on the funding stage. So we'll see. We'll see if this actually happens. Um, it's, it's, just, this just seems very burning, man. I don't know. I feel like, you know, you, you, you take some substances and you go in there and you enjoy it. Yeah, you have a good time regardless. Have a good time. Uh, okay, so that's all the news we got for you this week. Um, as I mentioned, just a quick recap, the DJI Goggles leak, uh, the remote ID discussion for FAA. If any of you have input or more information, please share with us. We'll definitely uh, keep an eye on the development. We have the mailbox, the drone mailbox. Um, and we also talked about the drone sense update to support Matrix 30, Matrix 30T. And then lastly, if you're going to Burman, Burning Man, check out the uh, potential drone show. And they're still asking to be funded at, let me just see, at Indiegogo. So that's all the news we got for you this week. And we'll see you back here next week.